When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the New York Yankees official podcast. You can't fake the funk with Yankee fans. You've got to be able to bring it each and every day. And for myself to be able to have reached that mountaintop, to be able to etch our name in history, to be able to bring home a World Series, I want all those guys to experience that same sort of glory that we did. Whether winning causes fun or fun causes winning, you have to have a little bit of both to be successful. 162 games in 183 days is a crazy schedule. So if you're not having fun doing what you're doing, then we need need to have some talks because there's a gazillion people out there that would trade spots with each one of these guys in a heartbeat. That's what you earn. You earn the right to do that as a New York Yankee. You've earned the right to have people that want you to win a World Series each and every year. 27 World Championships, bro. Double anybody else in the league. Winning as a team is one of the hardest things that you can do in this world. And to be able to get a group of individuals moving together with that same thought, that same mindset, and to be able to accomplish the task at hand, uh, it's hard to find something that can actually can total up to that. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the New York Yankees official podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor for Yankees Magazine. Joining me across the desk, we have our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. Nate, how are you? Doing well, John. How are you today? I'm great. I'm really excited for what we have today. It's an interview with an absolutely beloved fan favorite. I don't know how many synonyms I can find to describe. Nick Swisher. Nate, you and I both have interviewed Nick plenty of times in the past. It's always a joy, and I think that uh, this one's no exception. No, Nick, uh, you know what you're going to get with Nick Swisher. It's going to be upbeat. It's going to be a lot of fun. And one of the guys who uh, was a big part of the 2009 World Series team. So uh, anytime we get a chance to talk with uh, somebody who helped bring a championship to the Bronx, uh, is an absolute pleasure. So Nick and I talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about life. We talk a lot about some disagreements we have about the state of the game of baseball. And I think it's a great chat. So why don't we get there right now? Excited to have Nick Swisher here with me on the New York Yankees official podcast. Nick, I feel like... This room that I'm in right now it, it is like its own antidepressant. Like, this, this, let's bottle this somehow, right? That's right, dude. I'm happy to be here, John. Uh, you know, really, really excited to get this official Yankee podcast thing going. Let's go. Uh, happy to be part of it. I always laugh whenever we get done talking because I'll sit there transcribing our interviews and I'm wondering things like, hmm, what, you know, what's proper AP style for Stone Cold G? Like, how exactly do I spell <laughs> that and do I hyphenate anything? Um, so, you are unabashedly yourself. There is not another Nick Swisher on the planet. 
that, that, that that's got to be a pretty uh, nice way of living your life. <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's kind of one of the things that I do take a lot of pride in is my overall consistency. Uh, I feel like, you know, I definitely battle up against uh, a lot of people thinking that this is an act. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know how else to do it other than to live like this for 42 years of my life to see it. So I, I think for myself, I think that's one thing I'm very proud of um, that I am. I'm an o- open book. Uh, I feel like I've been the same from day one uh, and hopefully continue to be that same guy each and every day. You know, when you act like, you know, when you're very consistent, people know what to expect and they know how to deal with you. You, you seem know? like you're having fun, man. I mean, bro, dude, I'm living, a, I'm living a dream, bro. <laughs> like, you know, I, it, it, for myself, just to be able to be blessed uh, to have, you know, been able to be a professional baseball player for as long as I have. But not only that, a lot of guys played professional baseball, maybe just, just over 21,000 players. So I think for myself, I think the one thing that I could not be more proud about is that I'm still part of the game and then I'm part of the greatest organization on the planet and now part of something that's bigger than myself. So to be able to be part of the New York Yankees, man, this is a dream come true for me. Man, you just beat me right to my question there because you're 42. I'm 41, okay? You spent the first half of your life to date. I'm not ending anything right now, you know? But you spent the first half of your life trying to become a baseball player. And then you did that. You spent most of the second half of your life being a professional baseball player. How do you avoid being former baseball player Nick Swisher? How do you make sure at this stage in your life that you're still writing that chapter? Well, I think you have to have an understanding that baseball is not a definition of who you are as an individual. It's just something that you happen to be good at. Uh, for myself, I dealt with that right after I retired. I uh, went to a very dark place after retiring. It's, it's tough. It's, I'm a very routine-based guy. Uh, when all of a sudden, the thing that you worked your whole entire life for is all of a sudden over, you know, snap your fingers. And, you know, for myself, I'm, I, I'm not a depressed person by any stretch, but definitely for that month afterwards, definitely felt a little heavier uh, Uh, than I have been before. So I think for myself to be able to deal with that and to have that understanding of this is just something that you were really good at at the time. It has no definition of who you are as an individual. So for myself, what my goal is to hopefully do one of these days is to hopefully put the baseball career behind me uh, and to be like, wow, that guy played baseball. I had no idea. Just continue to be a bright, shining light in this world and to do my best to help and to give back. Bye. Absolutely every account, you had an an astonishingly successful baseball career. I mean, like, any baseball career is astonishingly successful. We should get that out of the way right now. It's so hard. You won a World Series. You know, you became a fan favorite. Yankee Stadium loved you. That's no small thing. Are there things, though, that you were chasing that you didn't get? Do you ever have moments of, man, if only? Ah, no, that's Monday morning quarterback bro you know that's uh, it's hard to play that game uh you know because obviously there's a lot of things that i would like to do over like i can't believe i missed that 3-1 fastball or i can't believe i missed that fly ball of course you want to redo all those things but i think when you look at the grand scheme of it and then the in the totality of my entire career man i don't have any regrets yeah. because i think the one thing that people need to understand is when you're flying and you're, and you're kicking and you're winning every day, you're not learning much about yourself. You're just living. When you're going through those tough times that this game can bring on and putting you in the gutters and being on the back page of the post, just getting absolutely slammed, that's when you learn a lot about yourself. That's when you learn who you are at your core. And for myself to be able to have gained the relationship with all the fans at Yankee Stadium, especially my bleacher creatures, hands down, dude, best fans in the game, to be able to have established that relationship 
That's one of the relationships that I hold most near and dear to my heart is that relationship that I do have with Yankee Universe. I don't know how you're doing this, man. If I showed you here right now, you would see that we're up to what I'm going to ask you. What's it like being a beloved Yankee? <laughs> no, what is it like having that relationship? Because, look, you know, Yankees fans can be hard. All baseball fans can be hard. Yankees fans have an edge to them, no doubt. But when they love you. <laughs> I feel blessed. I feel like there's not a whole lot of retired players that have that sort of relationship with the fans. And that's something that I have and something that I hold so near and dear and close to my heart. Because at the end of the day, there's a mutual respect that goes out for one another. Uh, I could not have thanked the Yankee fans more for welcoming me in, uh, coming from another organization. They had no idea who I was. I started off 2009, the season on the bench, and then ended up becoming a starter and ended up winning a World Series that year. So for someone like me to experience all of that stuff, I mean, to be able to be a New York Yankee, once a Yankee, always a Yankee. And for myself, man, at this point in my life, I mean, I bleed pinstripes. I can't wait for us to don another ring. I can't wait for for us to get number 28 and 2023 could be that year i always love the story that gay talise reported you know joe dimaggio marilyn monroe she gets back from somewhere she's like you know joe you've never heard cheering like this and joe's like yes i have <laughs> you know i mean look you've been around a lot of successful people in your life your wife is a fantastically successful actress whatever i imagine though those sounds that you've heard those emotions you've gotten that's one of a kind, right? One of a kind, hands down. Uh, there's there's no other place that you're going to be able to receive uh, that sort of ovation or that sort of love. And not to that extent, especially coming from the passion that our fans have. Our fans know the game front and back. They know with a runner on second base, we need to get that runner to third. We need to get him in. So it's like... You know, you can't fake the funk with Yankee fans. You've got to be able to bring it each and every day. And for myself to be able to have done, uh, reach that mountaintop to be able to, you know, etch our name in history to be able to bring home a World Series. Uh, obviously, you know, looking at the guys in the locker room each and every day, I want all those guys yeah. to experience that same sort of glory that we did because winning as a group, winning as a team is one of the hardest things that you can do in this world. And to be able to get a group of individuals moving together with that same thought, that same mindset, and to be able to accomplish the task at hand, uh, it's hard to find something that can actually to uh, can total up to that. And you know, not to get too philosophical here, whatever, it makes me think about this past offseason, though. And, you know, Aaron Judge comes off this historic year, and then he's a free agent for the first time. And I'm not going to pretend for a second that this is a simple thing. I'm not going to, it's a business. There are a lot of things to consider. There's a lot of things that go on this, but people would ask me because, you know, I'm involved with the Yankees. I work for the Yankees, whatever. Hey, what's going to happen? And my answer was obviously, I, I, I don't know. But even as I was saying, my feeling was always, I can't imagine a guy in Aaron's shoes wanting to leave this. Who would want to leave this? And, and what I mean by that isn't just the simple thing of, man, you know, it's so great, whatever. You go somewhere else, yeah, there's a lot of wonderful things on that paper, on that contract you're signing, whatever. But Aaron Judge, he already knows that you know, he could walk on water at Yankee Stadium. He could do whatever he wants. He owns Yankee Stadium. If he would agree to be a Yankees for, Yankee for life, he, he's walking into the rest of his career with guaranteed being beloved forever. And, and again, I don't, I don't claim to speak for Aaron, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm not making – but when he signed, it was always just to me like – of course he did, because you can't leave this at this stage in your career. This, this, you need this. I, mean, I don't know. Like, how could you leave that? He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> I guess that speaks for it, right? It seems like I, I'll never get to experience it. I simply work in Yankee Stadium. I write about it. But, I'll, I, you know, every night you hear that roll call and you just say to yourself, 
That's probably pretty cool. It's real cool, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's the only place in sports that does that. Yeah. Uh, so to be able to, um, you know, be part of that. And even for myself, when we came over in 2009, and I remember it was just like they started going around the infield and it was just like this very like lax, like just lift your glove up and kind of like acknowledge. And I was like, bro, that's not how we're going to do it. So me, Johnny Damon, you know, Curtis Granderson, Brett Gardner, we were like, yo, yo, we got to do something funky. We got to do something different. And so I think for us being able to have that 2009 season to be able to bring over guys like myself and, you know, Mark Teixeira and CC Sabathia, AJ Burnett, you know, dudes with personalities uh, that really kind of helped mold the new Yankee vision into, you know, what it is now. Our, I remember when we were having the amazing season in 2017 and we had like the toe TV with, Ron, you know, with Ronald Torres and stuff. And that was like the fun stuff, you know, like you got to bring that fun back because, whether winning causes fun or fun causes winning, you have to have a little bit of both to be successful. 162 games in 183 days is a crazy schedule. So if you're not having fun doing what you're doing, then we need to, we need to have some talks because there's a gazillion people out there that would trade spots with each one of these guys in a heartbeat. You and I know. You've been in that room a lot. I've been in that room a lot. It's a loose room. And I think that, you know, a couple – I was talking about this with another guy, a couple – places you still want to you still read stuff the yankees is corporate culture the yankees is this go walk into that clubhouse it's not a corporate room in there those players are laughing those players are having fun those players are enjoying each other's company and again i'll have to defer to you here but in my opinion that has to make you a better baseball player yeah yeah yes and no i i still feel like at the end of the day you worry we are we're all new york yankees and we're all trying to win world series it's been a minute since we've done that so whatever we're doing it's you know we need to alter a little bit Fair. we need to make we need to make some adjustments uh and get ourselves because i think with the teams that brian cashman and house steinbrenner have been putting on paper for the last plus decade have been one of the top teams in the league each and every year so i think we need to be able to find out what is that missing piece that we need to find to get us over the top you experienced it you know what it's like to you, you know you you we work for a team you played for a team and it's fine to say that the expectation is to win a world series that should every team's expectation should be to win a world series and look i think in some ways this organization was maybe you know i don't want to say poison that's the wrong word but you know derek sometimes made it look a little too easy in his career at the beginning uh, and i think even he'll say that having experienced it do you almost hurt for the idea of people thinking that it should happen that that's what you're supposed to do because you know it that i i would never want to sap the joy out of making that seem like a, a box to check on what you're supposed to do that's supposed to be climbing everest right i mean how could i i, I would never want someone to think having watched you celebrate having watched you on that field having watched you hold that trophy and in that parade that that was what you were supposed to do no. I, I would 100% disagree Great. with you. Great. Let's hear it. Let's hear because it. Because that's what you earn. You earn the right to do that as a New York Yankee. You've earned the right to have people that want you to win a World Series each and every year. 27 world championships, bro. Double anybody else in the league. So the fact that you want to just play for division titles, that's not enough for me, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm a Yankee. I bleed pinstripes. And if you want to be a Yankee fan and you want to bleed the pinstripes, then you look for World Series. And if you don't, regardless of what you think, in my opinion, if we don't win the World Series, it should be a lost year. Because at the end of the day, the millions and millions and millions of dollars that this organization is putting up each and every year and the players that we're bringing in, we want to win for our fans, for the brand, the most notable logo on the planet. So if all those things are worth the top, 
why wouldn't we want to shoot for the moon? So for me, it's like what I wouldn't call poisonous at all. I would call it being a Yankee, and that's what we expect. Love it. I guess I'm. Uh, let me rephrase a, a tiny bit. Then people always say when you see a team celebrating a division championship, you see a team celebrating a division series win. It's like, oh, why are you celebrating? You haven't won anything yet. And I hear what you're saying. I I, I get what you're saying. But I think you have won something when you've done that. It's really hard. And like 162 and 183, that's really hard. Does that mean that you shouldn't absolutely be chasing that World Series? Does that mean that, you know, I'm going to tell Aaron Judge when he says the season was a failure because he didn't win the World Series that I'm going to say, like, no, you're wrong, Aaron, and I know better than you? No, not, not in a million years. But what I do want is for these guys who kill themselves for this to know you can enjoy the journey. You can enjoy those little steps along the way because if you don't, you know, I, I would never want someone who put in all of that all of it, not to have gotten the joy that he deserves, even if that last stage never happened. And you know what? And maybe that's maybe that's why I'm not a baseball player. Maybe that's maybe that's why I'm not good enough. You that could be really simple. Maybe, but yeah, no. I, I but I I just I want these guys to get that joy. I want them to realize the accomplishments along the way. I, I want them to win a World Series. Good. Hey, <laughs> I, I think Hal, I think Hal and Brian are very happy no that you're working for them in I that front like, office and not me. I feel like we all think that. So. <laughs> We'll win the division titles for you, bro. <laughs> we'll win the World Series for us. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about retirement? Uh, you know what, man? I'm able to be a dad. I'm able to be home. I'm able to give back to the people who have gotten me there to the top of the mountain. You know, things have really shifted in our household, right? You know, for myself, when I was playing, you know, Joe, she gave up everything for our family. You know, she, she stopped working to be able to have our two daughters. She was at home with them when they were, you know, newborns, when I was out doing what I loved and chasing my dreams. Well, now the tides have turned, and now she's out there doing her thing, and I'm the one at she's home. She's killing her, and, which is absolutely amazing. So I think, you know, to be able to have that opportunity, to be able to, you know, be 42 years young in my life, and to be able to be home, and to be able to raise my daughters and take them to school every day, like, bro, I'm a girl dad through and through. And so I think for myself to be able to have this opportunity, uh, to be able to be a huge influence on my children's life early, uh, that's a blessing in itself. What do you miss the most, though? Uh, you know what? I think I get a lot of it, man. Being a, This is my fifth year as an advisor. So I'm in the locker room every day, man. And that's what I know best. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've always, so people are always like, do you miss playing? And I'm like, yeah, of course you miss playing because you miss the, the camaraderie. You miss the, you know, the overall one-on-one -on -one competitions. My body can't hold up to that anymore. So, you know, if you want to go compete, we'll go play. We'll go to the golf course, you know, like something nice and smooth and easy for me. But I think in general, man, just to be able to still have this logo on my chest, I don't really miss it because I'm experiencing it every day. But you mentioned the do you still need some competitive outlet in your life? Do you still need something that you can compete at and try yeah, to get the I best? Yeah, I think I'll always need stuff like that. I think that you know you can't change who you are. Uh, so I think you know as an athlete, there's always a little bit of a competitive streak. I think the one thing that has changed in my life is the chip on my shoulder is knocked off. I'm not trying to prove people wrong every day. I'm not trying to go out and prove to my you know fourth grade math teacher that I can play in the big leagues and I will play in the big leagues. And you know people don't tell me I can't do anything anymore. And so now it's kind of like that burning fuel, that burning bonfire that I had behind me from all the haters. That's gone. So I think for myself, I'm just living life, man. I'm trying to be a great role model, trying to be a mentor to all these young guys that we have uh, and do my best to help this team uh, achieve a World Series. Thinking back to seeing you out in Tampa you know, this past spring, like you you hop around like a 20-year-old man. Like I, 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 Whatever you want to say about <laughs> fortitude is on your driver's license. I don't think it's anywhere else. It's not in your face. It's not anywhere else. When you get to have those conversations with these kids who are just chasing, you know, and yeah. – and, 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 
they, they just want what you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously some of them are maybe more solicitous than others. Maybe some are better at, you know, you know, listening to what you have to say and coming yeah. up to you and trying to get it. But when you can be, when you can be a teacher, when you can, when you can be a guy who's seen it, how much joy do you get? There? Oh my God. So much. Uh, and more for me, more about the game of life rather than necessarily the game of baseball, being able to be a huge mentor to these kids. You know, I almost consider myself a Ted Lasso type of you know <laughs> teacher or coach, you know, um, I, exactly. But for myself, it's all about the relationships. It's all about the relationships in play. I love on these cats each and every day because at some point we might have to have a difficult conversation about something, but I need you to know that I have your best interest at heart. And so for me to be able to, you know, be given this amazing opportunity as an advisor and to be able to help mentor every one of our players from the big leagues all the way down to rookie ball, uh, something I hold near and dear to my heart. I love, I love my job. Uh, and to be able to do this, man, I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones. Obviously camaraderie was such a huge thing for you in your career, in your life. You're sitting here right now with an Ohio state lanyard on your keys. So, I mean, (laughs) I always think back college baseball always seems to me that thing that, you know, those are the stories you always hear about the real camaraderie and everything like that. And I always, I always feel a little bit for the guys who didn't get that. And obviously there are good reasons to go pro right there, but how much of your life do you feel was shaped by that time at Ohio state? Uh, A lot. Uh, I think for myself, you know, coming out of high school, uh, I thought I was a pretty good ball player at the time, but obviously the major leagues didn't think so. Didn't get drafted and ended up having to go to college. Didn't sign until very late. Uh, Ohio state was one of the only schools that recruited me. So, you know, I feel like there's been multiple times in my life where I've been knocked down and just feel like I'm laying down on the ground and somebody's reached their hand out to pick me up. Uh, number one, being the Ohio State University, just by giving me an opportunity. Number two was when I retired and Brian Cashman reaching his hand back to me and saying, hey, we need you back in this organization. So I think for myself to be able to have gone to Ohio State, to have tried to leave the best mark possible, to have paid it back uh, by trying to help out as much as I can with the field itself, uh, uh, as well as, you know, our, our new head coach and uh, Bill Moziello, who was an ex-Yankee minor league manager at some point. Uh, so to be able to have him, you know, really kind of leading our boys in the right direction, I uh, really think Ohio State's on the up and up right now. Look, look at us right now. Ohio State guy, Michigan guy. Mm-hmm. We're doing this. We're being okay. <laughs> look, look, look at us, Nick. Look what <laughs> I we can mean, do. you guys have been gloating the last two years, bro. I know you guys are <laughs> cheesing, bro. You didn't say that eight years ago. I'm not saying anything right now. I'm, I'm, just, saying, I'm just saying we're getting along. I'm just saying we're getting along. We're doing okay. You know, the, the, the fame that you got early on from Moneyball, you know, that can be a blessing and a curse, right? I mean, there's a lot of times when you're, you know, getting drafted you, and you know how long that ride is before you're, uh, you know, to the top of the roller coaster ride. But obviously people reading that books, they expect, okay, Nick Swisher, guaranteed superstar and everything like that. Was that a weight or was that just a benefit to you in terms of helping you, you know, reach where you want to go? I would say a benefit. Uh, You know, I never look at those opportunities as anything negative, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I love being out there. I love being a role model. I love, you know, I'm an open book, so I'm not really hiding anything. So what you see is what you get. Uh, For myself, I kind of, you know, I love that pressure. I love being a first round draft pick. I loved having that pressure uh, on my shoulders, but I also played the game of baseball as a release is my favorite thing to do in the world. So why wouldn't you just enjoy every second that you had uh, to be able to accomplish those things? And so I've, I've always kind of had that mentality that, 
you know, I mean, the sky was the limit. I've always set these out of these world goals. And some people be like, man, you need to set more realistic goals. Well, that's not how I work. You know, I always continue to keep setting those goals higher and higher and higher. And whether I achieve those goals or not, that wasn't necessarily the point. The point was the process in chasing those goals. And so for myself to be able to be here at this point in my life, you know, I mean, to have played for 13 years, to have been able to achieve some cool stuff, man. Now I'm sitting here. I've been married for 12 years. I got two baby girls working here as an advisor for the Yankees, bro. Like life is good these days. Not only working here as an advisor for the Yankees, but obviously you've taken a real interest and put some time in and uh, put some frequent flyer miles in to building the game abroad also. I know last year you did the home run derby X stuff. Now look, I'm sure that's pretty cool when someone tells you, hey, we want to fly you around the world essentially to go, you know, hit some baseballs and things like that. But also, you know, there's a, a real goal there and a real project there. This is a World Baseball Classic year. That's huge. But also just in general, when you get to be an ambassador for the game of baseball on corners of the planet that I'm sure as a six-year-old kid, you couldn't even imagine ever being at. You know, how much of a joy is that? Oh, my God. It's been absolutely amazing. And I always kind of look at that situation like it could have been somebody else. They could have asked somebody else to, you know, be the face of Home Run Derby X. This year in 2023, we're going back to London. We'll be in Mexico City, and we're going to India this year, which we're really, really excited about. Uh, my guy Charlie Hill's done a tremendous job, man. He has taken this and absolutely run with it. My guy Kellum uh, has been absolutely fantastic, as well as all the legends, as well as the superstars, the rookies. Like, everybody that was attached with that was absolutely amazing. 2022 was great. 2023 is going to be even better. We're going to be doing more clinics, more camps, doing our part when we go to the these sections of these parts of the world to be able to bring this game that maybe a lot of people have never seen before to be able to bring them a fun new exciting game and at the end of the day hey you never know maybe we might roll this thing out at the all-star game at some point be able to have some regional tournaments and be able to kind of get that rocking and rolling i think the celebrity softball game's kind of getting a little overplayed so maybe we can start bringing in some new juice and maybe we can bring in you know some home run derby x and have some celebrities compete in that too so to be able to kind of have that ability uh, and that opportunity to help grow the game abroad uh bro i mean that's something that i love as well to be able to help the game in general uh i guess i'm just trying to set myself up for you know whatever happens down the road i have no idea whether that's a manager maybe it's a general manager maybe it's the commissioner of baseball for myself i love being part of this game and i love making it better are you an explorer like when you're traveling for stuff like this you got a busy schedule you're doing stuff whatever but if you're off in some foreign country are you making some time like i gotta go see this stuff i gotta go eat this stuff yeah bro i mean like listen I, i haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to travel, you know, uh, internationally, you know, throughout my life. Now that I'm having this opportunity, I am jumping in both feet, bro. Like enjoying every second of it, trying to eat as much as I can, enjoy the music, jump into the culture, meet the people, uh, really, really experience each and every part of it. Because when I go home, I want to be able to, you know, either tell my kids about it or to be able to have those experiences uh, to be able to share with a lot of other people as well. I hate to break it. I feel like it would be a shame if you were merely a baseball ambassador around the world i honestly feel like if you were the ambassador for simply what america is around the world <laughs> i think we'd be doing okay there uh, last question for you then i'll let you go give me a quiet day are we running a marathon or piloting an f-18 what are you doing to, to <laughs> yeah probably a day on the golf course bro would be a quiet day okay. for me uh you know every morning for me starts off with my two beautiful little daughters man i go wake them up carry them down the stairs launch them in bed with mom for a couple minutes hop in the shower get myself dressed ready to go come back out everybody wakes up and off we go get them ready for breakfast and then i get them ready for school i am drop off dad in the morning bro that is my thing i absolutely love it it is my time to spend with my daughters in the morning and something that i 
I hold like so close to my heart. This morning, Emmy, it was the one that got to pick all the music. Tomorrow, well, not tomorrow, but on Monday, Sailor, she'll pick all the music. We have playlists locked up for each one of the kids. So we have an awesome time. So I think for myself, man, I think the as, as uh, uh, hyper as I am and kind of off the walls as I am, I still like to be, have my own personal time. And being able to be with my family would be that time that I would want to spend the most. I've got the most amazing wife anyone could ever ask for. I've just been so blessed throughout my life and just so happy that things are going the way they are right now, man, because like I said, you know, I've said it a bunch of times. It could have been somebody else. The big man upstairs could have given this life to somebody else, but he ended up giving it to me. And I just want to make him proud. I want to make the New York Yankees proud. And I want to do my best to try and give back to this amazing game. Man, I've asked a lot of guys, you know, as we've been doing this stuff, uh, personal mantra or anything like that. It could have been somebody else. It might be the greatest possible mantra a person can have. <laughs> Nick Swisher, thank you so much for joining us on the you New York Yankees no stress, bro. Awesome job, man, from one Ohio State guy to one Michigan guy, dude. Hey, man, all the love, bro. You, you know it. you know that means a lot because you guys don't <laughs> give that away easy. <laughs> thank you so much, man. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Hi, this is Jose Trevino. You're listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, this is Oswaldo Cabrera. You're listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. So welcome back to the New York Yankees official podcast. Nate, I come here standing tall, firm. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Nick Swisher loved everything I had to say there about my feelings about winning and losing and whatever, but I, I, I stand by my points. But man, th- that was just fun. I, I don't think uh, it's not that often I do a work conversation where there's that much laughter involved. You know, I thought it was surprisingly uh, amiable for uh, an Ohio State guy and a Michigan guy. You know, it was mostly uh, all positive there. We, we, we held it together, I thought. <laughs> Honestly, he walks in with a, a lanyard or skis with, like, just Ohio State logos, and I'm just like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. And, um, you know, what always kind of shines through uh, whenever we talk to Nick or whenever you hear him or see him on TV or whatever is just – how much pride he had in putting on the pinstripes and how much pride he still has today in being affiliated with the organization. And, um, you know, I mean, he's certainly not the only guy who feels that way. I mean, I think anybody who puts on that uniform has that measure of pride, but it's just, I don't know, it's cool to, to hear how, uh, you know, how open he is about it and how he expresses that feeling. And, uh, you know, listening to that interview made me think back to the, um, the the podcast episode with Kevin Reese we did earlier in the season. And Kevin talked about, like, you know, maintaining relationships with former players when they move on. And, um, you know, this is kind of one of those prime examples of, like, how you benefit from, from maintaining those types of relationships. You know, to be able to bring a guy like Nick Swisher back into the fold after he retired and have him, you know, hopefully rub off on some of the younger players in this organization and, and share his knowledge and experience uh, can only be a positive. I think there was a long time, maybe I shouldn't have met this, I don't know, 
where I just had to assume that some of the whole Nick Swisher thing was fake or, or was performative, maybe is the word I'm looking for here. That that in the same way, certain guys put up a, a veneer of standoffishness, other guys put up a, a front of, you know, bring it, man, I can handle anything. And I think one thing that's happened to me is I've gotten to know him more as I've gotten to talk. Not not that I mean I don't know about his deepest dreams and darkest secrets, but uh, as I've t- spoken to him more for sure, it just seems like. That's who he is, man. And because oh, yeah. it's it's a very strange authenticity in a sense because it does look like, man, no one's ever on this much. I think Nick Swisher might be on that much. He's super consistent, you know, and it, there's no denying that. Um, he's been the same guy since the moment he set foot in the door back in 2009. And look, I mean, I've always enjoyed speaking to him. You know, it's he's like a reporter's dream. I mean, he's like he said, he's he's an open book. And so... When he was a player here from 2009 to 2012, he was just like, you know, a go-to guy. He he was always uh, available in the clubhouse and willing to, you know, talk about anything and always like, you know, sharing all kinds of good stories. I mean, he's a baseball lifer. His dad was a catcher in the big leagues for like nine years. So he grew up around the game um, and just, you know, has no shortage of, of cool, funny anecdotes to share. So whether it was back then as a player or today on the podcast, uh, just really fun talking to him so i'm glad we got to do it this time and i think it's a really special part of you know what makes up a baseball clubhouse and what makes up a baseball life in a sense yeah and nick and i spoke about this a little bit i nick nick swisher's not a hall of famer and 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 that's just fine it's really cool when i know when i get to i'm sure you'll say the same when you get to speak to a hall of famer but the 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 reality is the more time you spend around this game you know there's 26 guys at a time in that clubhouse Every one of them just fascinates me. And one, one thing that I'm really excited about with these interviews that we're putting on this podcast is, yeah, it, it was amazing on opening day when we had Garrett Cole in here. And I thought Garrett Cole was fascinating and, frankly, said a lot of stuff that I hadn't heard him say before. And that's wonderful. But I really just love talking to the people who you know, aren't going to have plaques in Cooperstown someday and, and that maybe have more to say than they've said before. Like you said, it's not like Nick Swisher is camera shy. It's not like he, he's been a closed book and now suddenly he's telling his story. But I do love the perspective that we got into a little bit at the end there because before he had ever done anything, you mentioned he's a baseball lifer and his dad and everything like that. He also, you know, was famous for Moneyball before he had ever, you know, taken a swing in the big leagues or anything like that. And you could see how that could maybe not be awesome for some players down the road. But he, he just embraced everything. I think he embraced every single part of being a baseball player and the life and the experiences and the opportunities he got. And he always just strikes me as a guy who obviously immensely talented, obviously immensely successful, but also just really grateful for every single thing that he got to do and that he still does. He still chooses to be that guy, that ambassador for baseball out on the international scene right now. It's certainly not because he needs money, and it's certainly not because, you know, times are tough in the Swisher family. It's just that's what he wants to be. He wants to be out there. He wants to be talking about this stuff, and it's pretty awesome. It is, you know, and I agree with you. Everybody's got a story, you know, from the superstar, perennial all-star down to the, you know, the last guy, quote-unquote, on the roster. Uh, everybody's got a unique journey and a unique story. And um, it's it's always fun to, to dive into those in depth as we're able to do here on the podcast. Um, and, you know, something else that uh, he made me think about, you know, I was talking to Anthony Rizzo in the clubhouse earlier this week, and we were talking about just sort of the, the generations of baseball players and how, you know, every, you know, maybe 10 to 15 years, it seems like the game is different. There's a different group of players, um, and just the way the game is played is a little bit different. 
And I think that Nick Swisher was a part of ushering in sort of the new generation of, of Yankees, you know, it, like you guys kind of touched on, it was sort of seen as a more, you know, buttoned up operation here with the core four and everything else. And, um, you know, he played a, a pretty big role uh, along with those other guys, you know, AJ Burnett and CC in like loosening things up and, and, you know, making it okay to, to have some fun. And, uh, you know, I think that carries on till today. And, uh, you know, that was, the thing that Rizzo and I were kind of discussing was, you know, how those traditions get get passed down, whether it's, uh, you know, the, hopefully the winning ways of the generation before you, but also just some of the, uh, you know, the f- more light things and the fun things uh, that, that players do. He, he helped get that started, and, and you're seeing uh, it still trickles down to today. That's actually a really funny thing because one of the parts that I actually cut from the final – cut of the interview because and, and whatever this was recorded during spring training i don't think that's a huge secret that this one it went back a little bit but one thing he said was you know how much he loved in 2017 you know the the ronald Torres, the tonight show when they would do the mm-hmm. celebrations in the in the clubhouse in the dugout after home runs and things and he said what bums him out is it seems like guys aren't having enough fun right now and there's not enough of those celebrations meanwhile this season has been the season of the dugout home run <laughs> celebration every team has like some sort of you know fully uh thought out fleshed out yeah. celebration and so i'm listening to this back as i'm editing it i'm like ah, well it, it might be ridiculous to put this in right now but i i, I guess nick's happy when he's watching things now <laughs> It's one of my favorite developments in in the last couple of years is the in-dugout home run celebrations that are just so <laughs> over the top. It's awesome. And I was wondering, like, did it start with the Tonight Show? Was it, were there things before that? I don't know if it originated with that, but I, I'm, I struggle to think of anything before that. I don't know. That but, to was... your, but to your point, though, I mean, like, again, this goes back to, you know, think about that year, how young some of those players were who are now, you know, stars in this team. But it, it just flies in the face of everything people want you to believe about what the Yankees are and who the Yankees are and what rooting for the Yankees means, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it's like, no, th- these guys are pretty loose. And if you go into that clubhouse, it's a, it's a pretty easygoing room. Let's put it that way, where everyone really gets along. I, I'm, I'm working on a story right now about a specifically beloved player in the clubhouse who every single person you talk to about him, he, he, you know, their eyes light up and they start laughing before you even ask a question. And I think we've all had those experiences. But I do think that Nick Swisher was always a big part of that. I mean, he was such a huge personality. He was so extra <laughs> in certain ways that it, 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 just, it just gave a sense of like, oh, the Yankees can be fun. And I don't think it was that easy to see that in 2009 as it is now. Well, no, that team proved that you can do both. You can have fun, yet, you know, have that killer mentality when it's time to go play nine innings. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things, you know, that that you guys kind of butted heads over a little bit there, but that I was pleased to hear is like, yeah, it's it's not about winning division titles here. Like, yeah, that's nice, but like the goal is to win the world championship. And it's been that way since the 1920s and it hasn't changed. So no matter what the team's personality is or how uh, over the top their home run celebrations are in the dugout, like at the end of the day, the goal remains the same. So I thought that was pretty cool to hear him say. I think there's no question why one of us uh, works in the Yankees uh, front office right now and one of us writes about people in the Yankees front office right now. But <laughs> I stand by my points. I, I think it's important for players to find joy in the journey and in the in the small successes along the way. And I do think that helps 
build world champions eventually. But I also understand why a player who went through it and a player who won here, frankly, and a player whose job it is to foster winners here would feel differently than me. I, I There wasn't a second, though, as I was going through and editing that where I, where I dreamed about cutting it out. I loved it. Like, come on, man, let's 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 go at it here. And and I he he pushed me. I pushed him. And I, you know, whoever landed the final blow, I don't care, I don't care necessarily. But I, I think uh, I, that's what I love about this. I love having these conversations. I love the idea of maybe not seeing eye to eye because, frankly, I'm not a professional baseball player and I never won a World Series. Well, and look, I mean, those things like a division title are worth celebrating and they do get celebrated. You know, back in 2009, it's not like, you know, when we won the pennant, uh, everybody just said, okay, guys, we'll, we'll see you in the World Series. See you in the morning. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I still have the uh, champagne corks in my desk drawer from from uh, advancing in each round in 2009. So to your point, it's a long season. And when you're able to come out on top of your division, especially in the AL East, yeah, you got to take a moment and celebrate that. That's not an easy thing to do. So, you know, I, I think you both made valid points. I, <laughs> I would say the uh, the referees scored that one a draw. <laughs> <laughs> That's very generous of you. <laughs> Nate, obviously, we could talk forever about Nick Swisher. We could talk forever about the 2009 World Series. Obviously, here we are now in mid-May of 2023. And if you've been at the stadium for this past homestand, and if you're going to be here for the last homestand of the month, I certainly, you know, I, I can't stress enough how special this issue of Yankees Magazine is. I think we've talked about it a little bit already, but it features Anthony Volpe on the cover. I, I don't know that we've ever had a cover athlete who had played fewer games for the New York Yankees <laughs> um, in May. Yeah, It's pretty special to see this, though. And, and I can tell you, having been around the stadium for a couple of the home games and walking around... It seems like there's a lot of people who are just like, ooh, an Anthony Volpe thing. Let me let me grab this. It's it's pretty awesome that we have it out there. It is. And um, you know, a little bit of uh inside Yankees magazine, we we have an eight hundred number, eight hundred go Yanks that people can call to order subscriptions, order magazines, and it used to be handled outside of Yankee Stadium. This year, we moved it inside Yankee Stadium, so we're able to hear how often the phone rings and and what people are ordering. And uh, yeah, people are very excited uh, about this magazine in particular. Like you said, John, I mean, it's pretty kind of remarkable how quickly Volpe has ascended to a place where it made sense to put him on the cover, but it absolutely did. I mean, there was just so much uh, good feeling around his debut on opening day. Uh, we got two stories that he features prominently in in here. We got the cover story, obviously, but then there's also a really cool uh, photo essay about the whole opening weekend here, and there's some great shots of him in there as well. Um, and hey, I mean, hopefully this is the first of many, you know? I mean, if he ends up having the type of career here in New York that we all hope he does, uh, we're going to look back on this issue of Yankees Magazine years from now and say that was the first one, and uh, hopefully people who are interested in, in collecting such things, uh, grab a copy of it this month. It is one of those really cool things, though. I don't know if you ever feel this way. So the story in question, we're going to talk about it in our next episode, I imagine. It's uh, by Al Sanasiri. It's called Just the Beginning, the cover story on Anthony Volpe. I love, though, the knowledge that, yeah, that's going to be a historic story, and people are going to pick up this magazine, and you can flip to the table of contents, Nate, as you have open right now, and I just love knowing that I'm in there, too. And you know, <laughs> I don't know that, you know, my story about food around New York York City or about Kyle Higashioka, which is a, a great Q&A, and I love it. I don't know if those are going to have the same you know, staying power as the first time Anthony Volpe was featured on the cover in here, but if you pick up that issue, it, it is kind of cool always to know that uh, 
we, we have a piece of it. It's, it's one of the special things about the continued existence, if you will, and, and in my opinion, the, one of the best things about print media that, you know, if you, if you send someone a URL, a clip of something, it doesn't really matter what else went up that day. Uh, but, you know, that mag- this magazine is kind of a time capsule of May 2023. And I, and I really do appreciate that, especially as every time you and I work on some historical things and we go back through some of the archives there. Sure, it's fun to look at the story in question, but I always love going to the pages before and the pages afterward. And, you know, they weren't all about Don Manningly in the mid 80s. Sometimes there were, you know, stories about some of the other guys around him who you don't even remember. Absolutely, John. You, you couldn't have said it better. And, uh, you know, I have uh, on my desk a copy of every issue of Yankees magazine since I started working here in 2007. And, I mean, it's not uncommon to for me to just go back and grab a random magazine from, say, seven years ago or ten years ago or something. And it is, it's a little time capsule. It's just a little kind of uh, gives you a taste of what was going on with the team and with the organization at that you know, that moment in time. And um, what I'm really excited about uh, for next month in the June issue is that we're uh, bringing back the minor league report because uh, we had stopped doing it with the pandemic and uh, just hadn't gotten back to doing it until now. But when I go back and look at those old issues and I read through the minor league reports from, say, you know, I don't know, 2015 or something like that, and you're reading about you know, this guy, Aaron Judge at, at Scranton or whatever the case may be. Um, it's really cool to see, you know, some of those names who go on to become big parts of this team years and years later. So our readers can look forward to seeing that starting in June. And uh, yeah, I mean, to your first point, of course, it, it's always great to just be a part of this publication and, uh, you know, always take great pride in, in the work that we do. And uh, this May magazine certainly uh, is, is part of that. And some of it's online already, of course. We have online already, Nate, your story that we've already discussed about Garrett Cole and Brandon Crawford and their matchup on opening day and then their pasta dinner afterward. <laughs> There's a story online that Alessandra Siri wrote about Mike Gallego. And honestly, I knew none of the details of that story. <laughs> and I... I really just found it fascinating. That was a it was a rough fact check, but it, it, it was that that guy lived quite a baseball life, and Al did a great job with it. But we also have, as I said, a fun little piece about just going around some New York venues that are represented in Yankee Stadium and tasting some food. That was a pretty fun piece that I got to do. Um, that was one of your better story ideas. <laughs> highly caloric and delicious. Um, we have a Q&A, which is actually going to appear as the uh, podcast interview on the next episode of the New York Yankees official podcast with Kyle Higashioka. Make sure you check that out. And Nate, as you mentioned also, our photographers were hard at work that first weekend here. And it's just a beautiful photo essay. It didn't hurt that, I mean, opening day was just this blue sky, sunny day. And, and, and all the pictures look a little better. Most of them lit by the sun. Others lit by Volpe Smile and the entire Anthony Volpe family. Um, but it, it's just, God, I mean, we're doing this now. I, I say this, I feel like on every episode, Nate, but as we, as we kind of wrap this one up, we are pretty close to finishing our June issue at this point. And that's sobering in some ways because we wait so long for April to start. And now it's just like uh, halfway through Yankees magazine for the year. Yeah. No, it's how it goes. We've got a big uh, big weekend series against Tampa Bay here. So uh, all good things going on. And uh, as you mentioned, the, the photography in this issue, the May issue, I think people are really going to be pleased with. There's just every story in here from 
page one to the last page uh, is filled with awesome shots. Our, our photographers have really been killing it this year. So everybody uh, check it out. Let us know what you think. Letters at Yankees.com. And um, hope you guys enjoy it. Nate, always good talking to you. And I can't wait to do it again soon. Likewise, we'll do it again soon. Thank you all so much. Hi, this is Kyle Higashioka. Thank you for listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe at yankees.com slash podcast or at the podcast app of your choice and tell your friends. The New York Yankees official podcast is a production of the Yankees Magazine Podcast Network. It's produced by me, John Schwartz, with assistance from the entire team at Yankees Magazine, as well as incredible support from the New York Yankees Media Relations Department, in particular Jason Zillow, Michael Margolis, and Caitlin Brennan. Thanks also to our awesome social media team, Ryan Callahan, Julia Shore, and Alex King. If you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? We're available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at yankees.com slash podcasts. Leave us a review, leave us a rating, you can even send us your thoughts over email, podcast at yankees.com. For more information about the stories we discussed today, visit yankees.com slash magazine, where you can read all of our long-form content. If you'd like to subscribe to Yankees Magazine, or purchase individual copies of the magazine, yearbook, media guide, or anything else, please visit yankees.com slash publications or call us at 800-GO-YANKS. Of course, you can also stay up to date on everything happening here at the stadium by following us on Twitter, at Yanks Magazine, or by liking us on Facebook at Yankees Magazine. That's it. See you next time, and go Yanks.